Ladies and gentlemen, citizens of the universe, fantasy footballers, Dynasty League dirtballs, NFL draft fans, and DFS degenerates worldwide, this is the Roster Watch Podcast, presented by RosterWatch.com. Roster Watch Nation, prepare for pop, flash, and sizzle. Prepare for knowledge bombs and cockamamie business. The Roster Watch crew is here to deliver the goods you can't find anywhere else. Here is your host, RosterWatch.com Editor-in-Chief, Alex Dunlap. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, here as always with Roster Watch co-founder and managing partner Byron Lambert, who is coming to us live from, what, sunny? I guess sunny Colorado? Is it still warmer up there than it is down here in Texas? (laughs) Byron's going to take a few minutes here to get a DFS podcast up in between going out in the balmy weather and and fly fishing with some of our buddies up there. I cannot say that, um, cannot say that I'm not just a little bit jealous, but next week we'll be, we'll both be at the senior bowl and it'll be a good time to catch up and have some fun and watch some of these players. I'm, I'm, I've, I was already getting sick today watching this wide receiver, Michael Gallup from Colorado state. I've been pestering Byron to get online and watch some of these highlights and, and tell me who he reminds him of. But um, we'll get to all that next week. This is going to be a DFS podcast for the final week of DFS of the season, the, the championship weekend with the two games this week, uh, Jacksonville at New England and Minnesota at Philadelphia. Before we get into any of it, just another reminder to please go to rosterwatch.com, get a pro membership. Uh, If you enjoy the podcast, please, in iTunes and in Stitcher. I asked you guys last week and we got no new reviews. So if you want us to keep doing the podcast twice a week through the offseason, bringing you this content from all of our stops, we need more reviews. Because eventually we want to monetize the uh, the podcast. So we need more good ratings, more good reviews. We would really appreciate that from you guys. So please go get that done. And with that being said, you feel like we've beat him over the head enough, Byron? <laughs> yeah, of course, man. Let's, let's, let's get into the meat of this thing. You know, you know, you don't want to tell him to, to go uh, give a review or, or just how, how sick you get about reading them? Well, I have to make a conscious effort to back my natural sales instincts down on these pod man i'm just gonna leave it to you on this <laughs> all right let's get into this slate uh but by all means go leave a review and give us a good rating uh the first the first game that's going to be up is it's gonna be uh it's gonna be bortles traveling to brady uh jacksonville traveling to new england this game opened up as a 47 over under it has moved down to what is basically a consensus of 46.5 it looks like on bookmaker right now you can get them at 40 the over under at actually 45.5 but pinnacle bet us five dimes bet online uh, GT bets. So you're, we're seeing 46.5 at all those spots. The line opened up at New England minus eight. We're seeing right now uh, you, you know, fluttering somewhere between minus seven and uh, minus seven and a half for New England. So uh, New England's touchdown favorites at home in this one. Uh, looks like the 52% of public bets are on the over, and it looks like 60% uh, of the public in this game uh, is, is as far as the money line bets 60% of the money line bets are actually on Jacksonville which probably makes sense uh, as far as the against the spread bets we have 37% of uh, the public betting tickets as of right now on the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, Friday afternoon at 1 p.m. Central 63% of public betting tickets on the 
Patriots. So we know that it looks like the Patriots are going to be big public favorites on this as far as the actual volume of tickets, as far as the volume of actual uh, betting funds uh, that's yet to see as we'll watch the lines move throughout the course of the weekend. Uh, you, you just want to break this down game by game, right, Byron? I don't see any other real way to do it on a, on a two-game slate. Yeah, let's go for it. All right. So, I mean, what do you think? I mean, what do you think about this game? How do you see it playing out? I think there's a sneaky Blake Bortles thing brewing here. Well, it, and it's 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 funny because I had the same sneaky feeling. I had the feeling like maybe even if even in the scenario where this thing does kind of uh, where this thing does look at this, and just as I was saying, we have this consensus here now. Five dimes has gone to the five dimes is, is, has made a move to uh, forty six for the over under. So is bet online. So that's that's two moves um, on two different online sites here just in the, since since we started from forty six and a half to forty six. So it could be some more some more volume coming in on the under in this one. But yeah, I'd said even if they do get way ahead, the the Patriots in this deal, which I don't think is a lock. I mean, I know that this defense looked like shit last week versus the Steelers, but you know, new week, Tom Coughlin defense. Interior pressure on Tom Brady. Um, he 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 knows how to do it, and uh, it's 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 a team built for it at this point. So uh, even if they do, but even if New England does get up, which appears to be the most likely scenario, even though I don't think that all signs point to that being the the the, the lock. But if it does happen, I think we could see Bortles garbage time. Bortles, do you know how much Bortles has been rushing lately? More than he's been passing. I mean, he's been, it's been literally like, I think over the course of the last two games, he is averaging over 10 attempts per game. Like, so he's, he's, he's getting a, he's getting a whole ton of rushing volume. And, you know, this could be one of these deals where we know that the New England defense is a bend, uh, but, but don't break kind of defense. They could just give up, you know, uh, they could just say, Hey, look, we're going to, we're going to stop Leonard Fournette. We're not going to let him beat us. Like we're gonna we're gonna let Blake Bortles try and tr- try and beat us. We're gonna keep these. We're gonna keep Marquise Lee and Didi Westbrook in front of us. And I, I don't know. Maybe it could allow Bortles to to dink and dunk, and then possibly get some things going on in, in garbage time. That's the way that I kind of think it feels a little bit sneaky. Is that sort of what you were thinking, or were, or were you thinking that he could just come in and this this could be a Blake Bortles type game? I think we're thinking along the same lines. Reminds me a little bit of. When I liked Mariota against the Chiefs, uh, everything's on the line for these guys. There's can't leave any 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 bullets in the clip in this one. And you know the question, the the, the important question is, Alex, in a thin slate, how well are you going to be able to use the extra cash? I can use it. I can use it. I don't mind getting up from one of these Jaguars wide receivers to to Stephon Diggs, you know. I I don't I don't mind that at all. I don't mind getting from a Jay Ajayi to a Leonard Fournette. You know, we're talking two thousand bucks. You know, we're talking five. 000. Blake Bortles costs five thousand dollars on DraftKings, whereas Tom Brady costs seventy seven hundred. We're talking about twenty seven hundred dollars. I mean. Look, if you if you get Blake Bortles into your lineup, you can you can get in Rob Gronkowski, you can get in Brandon Cooks, you can get in Leonard Fournette, you can get in you know, and, and then at that point, then that's when you have to start maybe thinking about the you know the James Whites or the you know the T.J. Yeldons or any of these guys. But you know Blake Bortles allows you the ability to at least get in you know three real studs. Whereas I'm having a trouble getting, I'm having trouble getting three studs in with with Tom Brady, and I think that you know while everybody's going to gravitate toward Tom Brady, we we know that's going to happen, right? But doesn't I mean if if we like Gronkowski, and I, I assume you like Gronkowski because tight end looks like a disaster, right? I mean it sucks to pay up for him, but I mean at tight end you have Ertz who is going up against the worst matchup on the the worst matchup in the entire National Football League and by far the worst matchup on this slate for opposing tight ends. Uh Kyle, Kyle Rudolph who uh the matchup is um 
as far as what the matchup tool says, it's it's a bottom tw- it's 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 a, it's a bottom twelve matchup, even though it's one of the better matchups on this slate. And then other than that, you used to have this junk with with the Jaguars, where we've seen in the last couple of weeks what like Ben Koyak is getting targeted some, and it could be Mercedes Lewis. There was talk this week about maybe trying to get like James O'Shaughnessy more involved. <laughs> like, I think the I think at tight end you just got to plug Gronk right in. So, you know, that's one place where you're having to pay right up. I, I find a lot of utility with that extra money that, that, that Bortles saves. And as I'm looking, Mike Band just got the CSV sent over for the cheat sheets available to our subscribers at rosterwatch.com. And Byron, I think you're not going to be surprised to see the number of trends showing up for, for, for Blake Bortles. Well, it's good to hear. I always love confirmation among our tools. You know, I told you on the Tuesday pod that in our initial look at the slate, the player I was most immediately interested this week uh, was Gronk. And, you know, simply put, I think what you're saying is if you like Tom Brady this week, you should probably like Blake Bortles this week. Uh, what, what, uh, which morning this week did you wake up and roll out of bed with this Blake Bortles idea? <laughs> it was just, it was just this morning. It was just this morning when I had to start putting, like, I made the DFS reference tools yesterday and, um, I got the Vegas tool. It's going to be up at rosterwatch.com. It was cool this week because we have now, uh, we were able to put in the Vegas inputs because all the props, we, we were able to get all the props from our books um, by early on Friday morning. That's one of the cool things about, you know, them only having two games to focus on. They can get these props out super early. And I thought it was interesting to, to see, uh, to see, you know, uh, like Marquise Lee and D.D. Westbrook both have good props. Leonard Fournette has a Leonard Fournette has the best prop as far as his pricing on the whole entire slate as far as DraftKings goes. It just it it makes me just kind of feel like I I like the Jaguars. This is this is a game that has a has you know over a what what's the what's the difference in point spread here? We're looking talking about difference in point spread. Nah, it's gonna be like a twenty eight uh, to twenty game, is what Vegas is saying. Something along what the what is happening, dude? The the line just uh, the line just now moved down to forty five and a half across all of them. Pinnacle, Bet US, Five Dimes, GT Bets, Bet Online, all moved down to forty five and a half. So since we've been on this podcast, we've seen a move from forty six point forty six and a half. Down now to forty-five and a half, just in the last. And that's all. That's all coming out of New England side of thing, but the line, the the spread's coming down with it, right? No, the spread actually has stayed the same at minus. uh, No, the spread is like it's minus seven and a half at Pinnacle, BetUS, GT Bets, and Bet Online. It's actually now minus eight and a half at Five Dimes. Bookmaker still has it at minus seven. So I say the consensus is probably minus seven and a half. Didn't it open at minus nine? No, it opened. Well, I saw it at minus nine, but I think that I saw it open actually at minus nine and a half on Sportsbook. But I think that was just Sportsbook opening it up with a super early line, knowing that they could probably add, you know, tack on a couple of extra. Um, tack on a couple of extra points there so people, for people, the New England. People were taking the under and they were. Betting on Jacksonville, right? No, I, I I don't think this has anything to do with Jacksonville. This has to do with the under. Just the it's the the under it's coming the down under. completely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's just the under coming down. I I don't think that I don't think that. I mean, thirty seven percent of public bets have, have been on Jacksonville. I I don't I just don't think that. I, I don't know. I don't think that that's enough to really move the line from minus eight to the minus seven and a half that we're seeing. And, you know, some places still have it at a minus eight. So I think that uh, I think that minus nine and a half that we saw first come out on Sportsbook on Sunday night, like I said, I think that was Sportsbook saying, look, all the bets are going to come in on this uh, for the for the Patriots. So why not get it? You know, why not tack on a couple of extra points here on this super early line? You know, once anybody came out with a real bet or with a with with a real line that any of these big groups could could bet on, we were down to minus eight, minus eight and a half at, at that point in time. So, oh well, yeah, just just interesting. So this total keeps falling. So now we're only looking at really uh, it's still, you know, it was more like an eight point spread between these two games, but now we're looking at six and a half points in difference of uh, game total. But still, I mean, I th- I think that. I think this is the game that, that, that you want to be in. 
I just once we get to the other game, I'm not going to know what to say because I just think that both of these defenses can shut down both of these offenses. Um, with that being said, I I think in this game, you know, these two quarterbacks are like the two quarterbacks by far that I that I like the most in in Brady and and in Bortles. I see, you know, clearly if if salary cap wasn't a thing, I would like Brady, you know, better in 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 a, in, in a vacuum, but. Um, slightly, I think Bortles is some. Yeah, I think Bortles is okay. Slightly separate, but certainly related. I mean, Marquise Lee is my favorite player on the slate. On the slate, even even though he got a little hurt last week, he's he up and practicing just fine, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been practicing. He just I, I just worry about him getting hurt during the game. But yeah, Marquise Lee, uh, you know, at New England, he's only forty four hundred. It's it's technically even though it's not a great matchup, uh, you know it's it, it is the second best matchup comparatively on on the week. He's got a um, eleven point zero one uh, DK average on the season and a ten point eight five median on the season. He has three x this salary on the season, thirty six percent of the time. And over the course of the season, we've we're seeing that forty four hundred salary is basically a nine percent discount on his average salary over the course of the season. When you look at the Vegas props, you see with Marquise Lee, and I hadn't uh, even seen the Vegas prop yet. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh, the Vegas prop is so it's 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 three and a half is the um, three and a half is the reception prop, but the. Uh, it's it's like the the under has a plus one ten and the over has like a minus one twenty five, so I think we can apply that more like a four like like a four reception prop, and uh, forty eight and a half yards is the yardage over under for receiving. He has touchdown odds of uh, what is it? Touchdown odds of plus two hundred. So through our transformation here in the Vegas tool, that is projected scoring of just under eleven points. That's two point four seven. X value that is the second um, second best value on the entire slate as far as the uh, Vegas prop versus the DraftKings pricing. Well, um, how much activity do you so, expect Lee to get out of the slot? Because I like slot receivers against the Patriots. It's the reason I liked Eric Decker last week, and he piled up eighty five yards. I'm not sure. Let me see. Uh, I, he's a guy who's always been able to play in the slot, you know, I, let me look at what is, I get a feeling they're going to move him around and get him in that matchup. Let me see what his slot usage has been so far. If I go to wide receivers and slot performance, and let's just see what I, 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 I know PFF charts, uh, the slot stuff. So let's see if they have it here. I mean, it looks like it's been mainly Alan Hearn since we came since, uh, since he came back, that has been getting the snaps in the slot. Um, that's so strange. If I, and if that's the case, that might be all. really sneaky. Marquise Lee this season has gotten a slot percentage. This is just horrible podcasting. Is this only 13.3%? I think he's only in the slot. He's only been on the slot 13.3% of the time this season. And I would imagine that that has been um, times whenever Alan Hearns really wasn't in. So I don't think he's going to get any really any run out of the slot this week. I think it's going to be Didi and uh, Marquise Lee on the outsides, Alan Hearns in the slot. And I, we've seen Keelan Cole, even though he was really good for a couple of weeks there, we've seen Keelan Cole kind of be somewhat phased out. So... Uh, maybe, yeah, could Alan, could Alan Hearns be sneaky? I don't know. I mean, only 28% of the snaps last week. Uh, Keelan Cole saw uh, 38% of the snaps last week. So 69% for Westbrook. Yeah, and 64 for Lee. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, that's uh, where I'm going to go with the Vegas prop. And if of those players, Vegas has Lee at the top of the heap, then that's who I'm interested in. They've got that baked in. Keelan Cole went from a – I wonder what happened in, in the difference between – I guess they probably just didn't have as many three wide receiver sets uh, versus um, Pittsburgh last week as they had versus uh, Buffalo in, in the wild card round because in that round you had Keelan Cole and Alan Hearns getting 53 and 52% of snaps respectively 
Whereas in just last week, Keelan Cole only 38% of snaps. Alan Hearns only 28% of snaps. So you see, you saw the, you see, but then I, yeah, it just had to be. I think they pounded the football with, with I think they pounded the football with Leonard Fournette. They got these guys, uh, they got um, Mercedes Lewis with an 87% snap participation, Ben Koyak with a 39%, and James O'Shaughnessy with a 28%. They were just in big packages. You know, so uh, against 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 New England, you'd think that they would try and go about it the same way. Well, I might consider a pivot to some Keelan Cole if to get off of Marquise Lee if I want to diversify that. But if that's who Vegas yeah. likes, then I'm interested. Marquise, I don't think that Vegas likes Keelan Cole. Uh, his his prop, Keelan Cole is priced. Uh, what is he priced? Thirty five hundred. Where is he? Keelan Cole. Uh, I mean, it looks like an okay prop. Two and a half receptions for 36 and a half yards plus 300. That's projected scoring through the transformation of 7.65 on DK, 2.19x value. It's just. It's too hard to know. get interested in Alan Hearns outside of any kind of just desperation play well, that, where you feel well, like that you're was throwing your Ke- money away. That was for. I know. So, yeah, that was so for it Keelan forces Cole. me to Cole. It's, I mean, and who, who I would have liked anyways before we brought up the Alan Hearns slot information. So to me, it's Marquise yeah. Lee. And if you want to get off that, maybe change things up with Keelan Cole there. And just, and, and, and just no DD Westbrook for you. I'm out on that. I mean, I mean, maybe it'll <laughs> pop, but I'm, we've given that thing a lot of run. What about Fournette? He's the top, he's the top play. As far as the Vegas tool says, our, our analytics have him not as the top play, but certainly a guy who's in play. What do you think? I mean, circumstantially, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have him in most of my lineups. I would imagine he'll be one player I have extremely high exposure to. I mean, given they, given his they, price point, it just seems like the obvious running back play, right? And you get a little concerned. Is it going to be like the Derrick Henry where he popped off big the week before and then he goes up to Foxborough and gets shut down? And it, it certainly can be, but you just wonder – you know, what else does Jacksonville really have? Just feels like Fournette has to be involved. So Jacksonville's got a much better defense. Those de- those defenses correlate with those running backs. You know, like I I just I, Yeah, look and Jacksonville's like, gonna score like, some points and Fournette's the, gonna be a part the, of that. The game script should have gotten away from him last week, you know? If I'd have told you that if I'd have told you that Pittsburgh's going to score forty two points in that game, what would you have said? Would you have said, "Well, no fucking way, I'm playing Leonard Fournette," right? You say he's going to get game scripted out. He's going to, they're going to be down forty two points. I would have said, "Yeah, if you knew, you know, if you knew what Pittsburgh was going to score, sure, sure." Yeah, well, yeah. Clear, I just think that no matter Jackson, no matter what, though, he has to be a part of their game plan. What else are they going to do? And he can catch the ball, so. You know, Yeldon yeah, was sneaky I mean, last, week, last week, but I don't think you can plan on that. So, Dion Lewis Yeldon is freaky is for- expensive this week. So, I mean, people are going to be directed. What do you think his ownership will be? I'm sure it's going to be through the roof. For Dion Lewis, for Fournette. Well, I mean, on these on these short slates, you know, we all, like ownership's always kind of through the roof. I'd say on Fournette. Uh, you think he's going to be half owned? I would imagine it'll be more than that. More than half. Sixty? Yeah, I think it'll be sixty-five. In tournaments. So he's going to be like it doesn't matter. I'm I'm not even playing. I would never play cash on a two-game slate. So. Yeah, I mean, I could see sixty. I just think that a lot of but I mean, who else are you going to put so, in? I mean, we, Dion, I think a lot of people are going to put in Dion Lewis. And that's just going to force you off of Fournette. Unless you want, I mean, if you're going to play, if you're playing Dion Lewis and you're playing Leonard Fournette, I think the only way you go from there is just make it a game stack and you get in Marquise Lee and you get in Bortles and you get in Didi and you get in James White. You know? I mean, I, you just I get, like that. You, know, you just get them all in. And I kind of like that too because. I don't like any of the players in the in the next game. I really don't. You have any, I'm not gonna. Do you have any feelings? Which, I mean, ultimately, Dion Lewis is who I set my sights on, just out of based on certainty. But do you have any any feelings about any of the other 
Patriots running backs in that one? Well, I mean, we, last week I had basically, I mean, I had James White everywhere last week. Um, I really like him. I just wonder. Like, Sounds like Burkhead's going to play. Yeah, what, like what's it going to mean for both? Of, well, what's it going to mean for both of these guys to have Burkhead back? I mean, we saw last week Brandon Bolden, of all people, came in and vultured a, um, vultured a, vultured a, uh, did he did he vulture a touchdown or just or just or just the attempt? I think he vo- I think he vultured a touchdown. Yeah, it was something that made me squirm. I mean, I'm more I'm more likely to fade Deion Lewis than I am Leonard Fournette this week, due to pricing and due to this, you know, everybody being healthy on the Patriots side. Do you think that everybody will be? You mean Gillisley, Burkhead, White? You think? Are you asking me if I think they'll all be active? No. Do you think that everybody's going to be off of Dion? Do you think everybody's going to be fading Dion Lewis? Because if that's the case, I mean, then you want to get on. Maybe, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm just looking at the splits right now in games where Burkhead's uh, looks like Burkhead's played in in ten games this year with, um, with Dion Lewis and six without him. And the game, Deion Lewis in PPR is averaging seven more points a game in games that Burkhead doesn't play. He's averaging double the recept. He's he's averaging basically, uh, basically double the receptions and almost double the targets. So, um, Burkhead is a, Burkhead's a significant downgrade to Deion Lewis, I think. And he was a big downgrade to James White when he was in. I mean, how do you begin to split the hairs between Rex Burkhead and James White if you are gonna? move your attention to that situation i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna just pro, i'm gonna have a bunch of lineups in that stupid quarter millionaire maker and i'm just gonna have i'm gonna have one you know i'll have i'll have like duplicate lineups and then i'll just have one with burkhead and one with white probably or something i mean it's just it's an impossible here to split i think the way you do it is by th- saying all right burkhead he's been practicing it looks like he's gonna go but maybe he's not 100 percent healthy and James White is a guy who's done this before. He's a guy who Belichick has seen almost single-handedly take over games, especially in the Super Bowl last year. Um, and this is a team in the Jacksonville Jaguars who the main way that you beat them is by utilizing your runners out of the backfield, you know, for for receiving. And I know that it's the Sigmund Bloom um, – what is it, the Sigmund Bloom uh, – caveat where he always says like with the exception of rational coaching right or with the assumption of rational coaching that you know he's saying well this should happen if we assume that the coaches are rational about how they attack this team or whatever I don't think that we have to assume rational coaching from from Belichick I think those are things he knows I think he knows the ways to attack these teams and so I I think that I mean if I'm splitting the hair I'd probably say James White plus he's cheaper it makes, people will makes say sense. About, I mean, pe- people will say about Burkhead that he has more touchdown equity, which I certainly understand. But we saw James White get in on those two, uh, those two t- touches inside the ten yard line last week. So, I think it's, I think I go James White. It seems like he's kind of swindled his way kind of back into, into his kind of James White postseason role. We talked about it last week. And I think that that's just kind of how I would roll with it. I just think all this, though, it feels cockamamie. And it feels like the more and more I talk about it, we're talking about Deion Lewis at 80, what is he, 8,200, 8,100? Like, yeah, it's that is starting to feel kind of high to me. For a guy that, you know, if all these guys are back in the rotation and back in the platoon, I mean, could would you be totally shocked to see – Deion Lewis have a stat line this week that registered him as having 16 touches? No, not at all. I, you know, but I also wouldn't be shocked if he had another big workload. It's just very, very hard to gauge. It's, it's, yeah. it's been it's too be- easy. It's been too easy to put him in your lineup every week to this point. So this is going to force, you know, it's going to force players to, yeah, we're going to see who makes the good decisions um, this week around. And it, to me, it sounds like there's a chance that his ownership is going to be, Going to be down. I think he's going. I down. think he might have. 
I think he's still going to have, it's got to be, what, 35% owned? I mean, who else are you going to play? Well, I'm just telling you, that's why I think I think Fournette is going to be higher owned, and it's just going to be yeah, Deion Lewis I, is going to be who, I agree. Who, who folks are inclined uh, to to step away from this week. But uh, I, 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 I don't want any Chris Hogan. I don't, it's I, too thin I'm, of a play. Does Danny Amendola feel point chasey? Of course. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I want Danny Amendola versus Aaron Colvin. I don't like, there's no part of that matchup that I like. So I'm not, I don't think I'm interested. Who I, who I am waking up with a cup of coffee to here on a Friday is Brandon Cooks, man. When I, when I see his prop, he has a, he has a, uh, he has a four and a half reception prop with a minus 165 on the over, a plus 110 on the under from one of our books. So I just figure that's more like a five reception prop. Um, 64 and a half receiving yards and then the, the touchdown odds are minus 110 brandon cooks is a favorite to score this week that's projected scoring uh via the transformation here the vegas tool of 14.59 dk points that's 2.39 x value it's the third best value uh based on based on the the prop versus pricing on DraftKings for the entire week and when you look i mean it makes sense we're getting uh we're getting cooks for 6100 this week that is 19 percent less than his average pricing has been over the course of the season it's almost a 20 percent discount on what we're used to getting cooks at he's 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 3x this salary a, a, a quarter of the time this season and uh, over the course of the last five games he has 3x this salary 20 percent of the time and that doesn't seem like a lot but out of the basically the 18 viable wide receivers on this slate only one two three four five have have or I'm, I'm sorry six so only one third of the viable um viable wide receivers on this slate have uh three have a three x their salary as often and or more often than um than Brandon Cooks over the course of the last five weeks. And the only one who's done it more often based on his salary has been Keelan Cole, who we know during the last five weeks has had a couple of blow-up games. Yeah. And and he's only done it 40% of the and time. And he's going to stay on my radar a little bit. I mean, I, you point to the depressed pricing with Cooks. That creates a lure. And then you if you're reminded of what Antonio Brown has been able to do against the physical corners of the Jaguars. And, of course, Cooks is not Antonio Brown. But he's a could argue that he's a similar shifty type of players that's just a bad matchup for those corners and if if we expect the Patriots to hang 25 or 30 points in this game there's a good chance at $6,100 you know that Cooks will get a, a fair piece of that action so it's a reasonable certainly a reasonable and uh, very plausible idea I mean AJ a, AJ Bouye ran a like a I think he ran like a 4640 or something it was a low it was a high four fives so I, I don't I don't necessarily think that that Cooks is in, you know in for a horrible matchup here. I like Cooks. I like stacking this game, and Cooks is one of the main guys who I'm going to be considering stacking it with. As far as pass catchers on the on the New England side, for me it, it might be chalky, but it's it's Gronkowski and it's Cooks. And do you know what I mean? How popular do you think Cooks is really even going to be? I haven't heard a ton of people talking about him this week. Have, like. Do you think a lot of people are going to be interested in, in Brandon Cooks against this secondary? I would expect the pricing to lead folks to him. Maybe. But I certainly hope not because it's certainly not in the ethos, as you tend to say. And, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of the indicators that we pay close attention to that would certainly uh, point us in his direction. So we can only hope that because of the matchup and because of the spotty production recently that uh, he's off the radar for a lot of other folks. Anybody else in this game that we're kind of forgetting about? I mean, what if uh, there was an article that, um, that Warren Sharp put out that's awesome. I would recommend anybody going to read it over there at Sharp, uh, Sharp Football Analysis. or it, it, it might be on Sharp Football Stats. But you can just look on Sharp Sharp Football on Twitter, and and he probably has it up. You know, he tweeted it out a couple times, and he was talking about the way that you beat the Jacksonville Jaguars is to is to run at them and use your running backs out of the backfield and more two wide receiver sets, 
And so um, basically in heavier packages where you have two tight ends or you have two running backs in there. And I think that's something that Bill Belichick is probably un- picked up on or something that he knows from his game film. Any interest in maybe like a sneaky Dwayne Allen swindle here at minimum salary, 2500 if we might see more two tight end sets, do you think he he's somebody you could see getting involved, or is that just getting starting to get too cockamamie? I think that's just cockamamie, man. When I hear that, it actually makes me circle back to Deion Lewis a little bit. I'd expect he'd be the running back in those sets. And you know what? A picture what Le'Veon Bell looked like last week. You can imagine Deion Lewis doing some of those things. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah, you can. I, I mean. Deion Lewis isn't Le'Veon Bell, clearly, but you can picture him. I mean, I just I don't know if he's going to have that volume. You need that major volume to get that much done. And they, I, you know, granted they've been willing to give it to him recently. I just don't know if that changes whenever Burkhead comes back. If the game stays close, I mean, there's a good chance he gets. I mean, Deion Lewis has been a star for them, so. Yeah, fair enough. Well, any anything else? I mean, I think we've touched on basically anybody. Is there anything? Uh, I mean, anything we forgot to talk about? You can think of or no? I think in the next game, man, I'm I'm most interested in. I think Stefan Diggs is the player I'm likely to be most interested in in that in that next game. He's so cheap. I mean, he's too cheap, right? He seems too cheap for the slate. He's probably the best pure wide receiver on the slate as far as I mean, talent. he's been getting the same I mean, volume as Thielen. Thielen's a little banged up. The pricing's good. I, 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 we like the young corners of the Eagles, but Diggs is certainly a guy I think can get open on on them. And um, do you know that? Do you know that Stephon Diggs has has a higher median on DraftKings than any wide receiver on this slate? I mean that's great to hear. I'm not totally surprised by it. He's flown under the radar. I think in in redraft he'll he's going to still present a pretty good value again next year. There's just a lot of reasons that he presents value, and this is a player that we've always liked. Um, you know, liked, loved, loved. <laughs> and the thing is, is that we have a lot of respect for the Eagles' defense. Both of these defenses are going to be a, a tough nut to crack. But you know, my opinion from the onset of this matchup was the Vikings have more firepower on offense. So I think there's a chance that this keeps the defense honest and allows somebody like Diggs a legitimate chance to do his work out there. I've come around on, I I was telling you, I wanted to take the Eagles to start the week. I've come around on the Vikings. I just don't know how these Eagles are going to score. What does that mean? What does that mean for our uh, Jimmy John's bets? Well, we didn't make the Jimmy John's bet. You wouldn't, you wouldn't give me three and a half. You said, we'll talk about it. You wanted three and a half sandwiches. I oh, know I wanted minus three and a half. We'll talk about it. You're totally not. No, I, I wanted I wanted you to take the minus. I I wanted to, I wanted plus three and a, I wanted Philly plus the three and a half points. And you said no, it's got to be three. And I, and then you then we said we'll talk about it offline. We we never got around to talking about it. And during that time, you've woken up with I a decided, cup of coffee to a different notion. Yeah, I just I think that I just I, like how is Philadelphia going to score? Are they going to run Jay Ajayi up into the teeth of the middle of that defense? No, no. Are they going to be able to even get Corey Clement involved on the perimeter of the defense against one of the best defenses in the whole National Football League defending against well, he, he, receiving He's the only, receiving only guy backs? I'm willing to take a shot with out of that group. I mean, yeah, just I'm a, I'm a little bit interested too. You saw that he was on he was on both of our staff trends. We both liked him. Oh, speaking of the Corey Clement type, one guy we didn't talk about in the last game. Let's just circle back. What about TJ Yeldon? I thought about it, and then I just didn't bring it up in the conversation. It just feels thin. I mean, I get I get it. What's the upside if Fournette doesn't get injured? He could steal a touchdown. Is that enough to make you go out of your way to get him in your lineup? Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I just I just I just wanted to make sure. I mean, I just I know that the uh when I look at when I look at the reference tool for this week, TJ Yeldon's a guy that just kind of popped. I mean, he he has three x this salary twenty seven percent of the time this season over the course of the last three games. He's uh, over the course of the last five games, he's three x at forty percent of the time. And he I mean, he's he has a nine point two point median on the season, and he's only forty two hundred. Well, I'd put it this way: that if I put a killer lineup together, I was really happy with, and it was just pending my. RB2 or my flex position, and that was the right price point to fill out a lineup that I really liked, I wouldn't have a problem putting him in. It's just not a guy that I'm 
he's not a core piece that I'm beginning my builds with. All right. Okay, so back to back to the Eagles. Um, like we said, I'm not even sure when we brought it in. The, the over under is a 39 on it. The 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 uh, spread is uh, the 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 road team. The Minnesota Vikings are minus three. It looks like the 52 percent of public bets are on Minnesota minus three. So pretty evenly split down the middle. Uh, as far as the over under of 39, it looks like. Most of the bets are on the under in this game. Sixty percent of the bets on the under, forty percent on the on the uh, on the over. So, um, pretty interesting there. I mean, I think it's going to be what a twenty under. twenty to seventeen game. Seems like I, seems I mean, like a I, lot of points I, I, for those teams. I think it's going to be hard for how Brozen. is Alshon Je- how is Alshon Jeffrey going to get anything done versus Xavier Rhodes unless Xavier Rhodes gets hurt. No idea, and even though I like, how is Tory Smith going to get in? How is how is Tory Smith going to get anything done whenever Nick Foles can't get him the football? Even Nelson Aguilar, they were the last week. The Eagles were trying their damnedest. They were doing anything to get him the football. Do you remember those jet, those jet sweeps that he? God damn it, he almost scored on that one. Yeah, it looked like he was going to score. He's a guy I'd, I'm, I'd marginally consider going back to the well on this week, just because they were trying to get it to him last week. We liked him last week. Sometimes that means it could have been a week too early. And then the other you know, thing is Mackenzie Alexander, I believe, was getting most of the action in the slot uh, uh, duties for the Vikings defense last week. And he's the weakest link in that secondary at this point. So, you know, I don't like... You don't think that Trey Waynes is the, is, is the weakest link? Oh, no. Don't ask Mike Zimmer that question at the Combine or he's going to have you thrown out of there, man. He'll have he'll have you tarred and feathered if you ask that. No, we'll the see. team thinks we'll Trey see. Waynes is one of the most improved players on the whole team. Well, yeah, well, it's, it's um. You ought to you ought to tell Zimmer what your grades are on Trey Waynes and see if he- I, I I don't I don't have any grades on I don't have any grades on Trey Waynes. I just I I know I I have seen Trey Waynes get get burned this season. I've seen him get burned. Well, with, they with my own two eyes. They say he's learned to. Uh, play with position and to get his um, eyes around on the ball and the team. I wonder what P I wonder what PFF has him graded as. I wonder what I'm sure that Zimmer, I'm sure Zimmer cares a lot about that. You know, you know how much Zimmer loves him, some PFF grades on, on his players <laughs> and being asked about him in, in, in the media. I think he, he I think he puts him up on the overhead projector in team meetings. <laughs> I'm going to pull up uh, Trey, Trey Wayne's grade this season. Who who else do you like in this one? Nobody really, man. Uh, Corey Clement. There's maybe an argument for Zach Ertz, even though I don't. I think it's a thin play with Foles and bad matchup against those safeties of the Vikings. But you know, really, just you know, to reduce my risk and my exposure, I'm directed at Corey Clement. If I have any notion towards the Eagles. Uh, backfield and it's very hard to be interested in any passing game uh, with Nick Foles. So Aguilar's the guy who can do it between the hash marks. That's the only place that Foles has really been able to locate anybody. And like I said, <laughs> I think McKenzie Alexander is the weak link in the Vikings secondary. So that would be the matchup that I'd look at. But you know, I think it what is it forty eight hundred dollars for Aguilar? It's, it's tough to get off of somebody like a Marquise Lee for cheaper. PFF has Terrence Newman in the slot guarding Aguilar, who they say is much better than their third worst corner on the whole entire slate. Trey Waynes, who has uh, the only two corners they say are worse, are Jalen Mills and Eric Rowe. Eric Rowe will be on Alan Hearns, and Jalen Mills looks like he'll be on Stephon Diggs based on what PFF's saying. I'll tell you, I'll give you, yeah. I'll give you a couple of Jimmy John sandwiches in Indy if you go straight, straight <laughs> up to the podium. And 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 preface your question. Preface your question to Zimmer with Trey Wayne's being one of the lowest rated corners on PFF this year. <laughs> hey, 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 coach! With with Trey Wayne's being one of the lowest graded corners on Pro Football Focus this year, is he somebody you're going to be looking to? Has the sh- has, has, to the, has the ships has the, the ship, ship sailed? sailed? <laughs> Dude, he w- he would look at me like I had an ass for a face. <laughs> Like a big, like, like instead of a face, like I literally, like I literally just had a big hairy ass that walked in there in, in, in Indianapolis, like smoking a, smoking a cigarette, out, like out of the butthole. He, he would be shocked. He would be disgusted. He wouldn't know how to answer my question. 
Yeah, that's a scary image. Yeah. Well, he he could he can be a scary guy when when, when you ask him a dumb fuck question. Don't want to. But um, don't draw his ire. Yeah. Well, so I mean, a, a lot of people think that that Trey Wayne's is is is. I'm, I've seen Trey Wayne's get burned this season. The PFF grades on him are no good, but uh, I can you know, it's 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 whatever. I, I have no interest in Torrey Smith either way. I don't think that Nick Foles well, can sh- get him the football. He did a good job against Ted Ginn last week. And I'd say Torrey Smith is Ted Ginnish, right? So um, then I hated Mark Ingram last week. It's the same reason I would hate JHI last week. Some people will say, oh, the pricing is still good. And he got the, eight, the 18 touches and the 98 yards. But just not too interested there in this game script, man. I'm, I'm actually most interested in the Eagles defense on that side of the ball in this matchup. At that price point, I think it's got a lot of allure. I haven't even looked at them. I, I've, I mean – what three thousand? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, to me, it's just I pay up for one of the top two. I think I like the Vikings and the Patriots. Um, you like the Patriots defense that much on a bend, but not break defense. And after you saw the Steelers defense get shredded maybe not. last week, I think I'm just I don't know. It's so hard. You really like them for five hundred more than the Eagles? I think it's a hard case to make, man. Vikings, yeah. fine. Pay up for the Vikings, but you know, do you really like them on the road in that same matchup? Eight hundred more against another dominant defense. You know, I've said I, if I have to split the hairs, I like the Vikings side of the ball. I think they've got more firepower, but uh, this this is going to be a rough matchup for Case Keenum. It has the makings yeah. of one. And my only deal is that I think both of these, yeah, I don't know. And with the Vikings, you worry. It's like how many chances. Is Peterson going to give Nick Foles to drop back and get fucking you know sack fumbled or strip sacked or pick sixed or whatever? It just seems like something where they're going to keep the game plan is you know they're going to try to run the football. They're going to try to run out the clock. It's a dominant defensive you know, line. You saw what they did to Devontae Freeman. It makes me you know a lot of the analytics on the season will point to Murray here. I think I continue to stay interested in a cheaper Jarek McKinnon. I mean I'm interested in the Jarek McKinnon Corey Clement. Game I'm not stacked. interested in. I'm not interested in anybody in this game, dude. I mean, I'm interested in Stephon Diggs. I'm interested in. Oh, I think McKinnon's just a fine, going to be just a fine play. Corey Clement. I don't want McKinnon. Well, it might not have the huge upside. I think it's a solid play. Freeman, look yeah. at what Tevin Tevin Coleman did some work last week against the Eagles defense. He looked Latavi- Latavius is going to be running into a fucking brick, brick wall. wall. I don't here. want any of that. And I and, and I think Pat Shermer is going to know it and think it's going to be obvious early in the game. Ultimately it's going to be hard to move the ball and it's going to just I believe it's going to turn into touches for McKinnon at that price point. It's a safe play. McKinnon got most of the snaps last week. 54% of snaps, Latavius only 44. Look at this, Jarius Wright who made actually who actually made uh, the the roster watch cheat sheet, unbelievably. Six targets last week. You know, that's funny. I thought about putting him on my list of personal trends. It's just hard to go there, but it's a sneaky idea. Yeah, six targets last week for Jarius Wright. It looks like he's – Jarius Wright is playing over Laquan Treadwell, who just – I don't know what's happened with that guy. But, hey, J- yeah, Josh- Jarius, six, six targets, 56 yards last week on 47% of snaps. You'll take that for 3K all day long. Like that's a that's a monster. I think that's a very that could, that could very reasonable. I'm glad he's on the cheat sheet. That way, I can make sure and have a couple of lineups with him. Uh, but uh, Jarius Wright, Stephon Diggs, maybe a little bit of McKinnon, and then on the other side, Eagle, I mean, and Eagles defense. Why not? Why not the Vikings defense? Well, you said you could use the cash. I just think they're going. It's eight hundred dollars less, and if they're at home, you're the one that said, "Man, like number one seeds at home." They got a hell of a defense. I get it. I'd, I I'd split the hairs in the direction of the Vikings, but the question is, can you use the $800 in a thin slate? Maybe not. But if you go down to a Blake Bortles and you go down to an Eagles defense, what, what is that, three grand you've just freed up? 3500 Are you talking about going from Vikings to Eagles and going from Brady to Bortles? You free up $3,500. That's a lot of lettuce, man. Yeah, a lot of lot of lot of player you can bump up to. So, 
Yeah, I think on this one, I wouldn't. I'm not sure I would go Eagles defense if I was using, you know, any of, you know, if I was using more than two of these Vikings players, I'm not sure I would use the Eagles defense. But if I was just using one, I think I'd be fine with it. And I you think know, Diggs maybe, and McKinnon, you can use them, man. That doesn't mean I think you can, you can, yeah, because they're, they're going to be involved in game scripts, even where the defense is is wearing these. And, idiots and all down, you're hoping you know. for, like you say, where it's not. I mean, we've got the low over under here, but I. I think there's a good chance Case Keenum gets pick sixed or sacked fumbled and that kind of stuff happening. So I don't think that means that they're not going to be, th- you know, in hurry up offense, you know, throwing it to McKinnon out of the backfield and Stefan Diggs. No, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it it makes sense to me. I'm, I'm, I'm probably getting a little bit more interested in the Eagles as we're talking about it, even though I'm not sure that our analytics are pointing towards it as I'm looking at the CSV that I need to get uploaded at rosterwatch.com. You got anything else before you want to get out of here and go do some fishing while you're still up there in Colorado? No, nah, man, I'm looking forward to seeing you though. Uh, Monday in Alabama, Alabama. We'll have a podcast up for everybody with our initial thoughts from, I guess probably Tuesday's practice at the senior bowl before we go out and Get start getting a little bit of uh start getting a real cedar chest smelling uh what is that drink the 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 uh, Lef- the the, the frog is that what oh, you drink Lefroig. that's old that that was pre Teddy Bridgewater uh, Louisville Kentucky Pro Day that 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 day forward I became a bourbon man no there you go well I don't know if I'll be drinking any bourbon but we'll drink some tequila and make sure we. Uh, Make sure we keep Roster Watch Nation in tune with exactly what we're doing. So, yeah, with that, we will get out of here. This has been the Roster Watch Podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. Remember, go to RosterWatch.com, get a pro membership. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and in Stitcher. So for Byron Lambert, for the Robot Genius, for the Trash Man, and for all of Roster Watch Nation, my name is Alex Dunlap. This has been the Roster Watch Podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. We will see you next time.